Thank you for listening to From the Friar. This is Ellie. And this is Leon. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode. Today we'll be talking about Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 15, Past Lives, Open Minds. A few housekeeping items to start. We are coming up on the one year of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It has fully exceeded our expectations, and I love the little following that we have gained. We're not a super big podcast. We're not super popular, but I love seeing the interactions of the same people week by week and get kind of building these friendships. And we have like a fun little time on social media and it's great. And thank you all for listening. Thank you all for contributing, for the great reviews, for subscribing, rating, everything. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. So for the podcast, I've been kind of struggling with how I want to do things as far as How do you balance a recap podcast with kind of an overview podcast? And I think that I've been focusing too much on very intense note taking and giving a lot of direct quotes versus this is overall what happened in our reactions, thoughts and feelings to that. Yeah, it's like a balance of obviously everyone listening probably watched the episode. So it's more of what are folks interested in? Are they interested in our thoughts in every single piece or our thoughts overall as a whole, like at a high level. I think that's a good balancing act too. So do I need all five pages of these, these notes? I do not. So I picked and choose this week what we should talk about and kind of areas we should highlight versus every little thing. But we'll only, figure something out. Only five stars. Only five stars, please. Oh my God. One person gave us a four stars and I was so sad. Fuck them. <laughs> No, it, it was probably good constructive criticism, but I still want five. <laughs> that is true because a four signifies... They enjoyed you something. Were, you're pretty cool. You just wanted that I cool. was just a little annoying, maybe. But also four stars? <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. Negative? No. You know? It's not like two. No. no you guys are shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thankfully, no one's ever said anything mean to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's okay. It's good to be humbled, so... All right, so going into MAFS, I wanted to talk about the remaining episodes. MAFS fan on Instagram posted kind of the schedule for the remainder of the show, and it looks like there's going to be another filler episode, and I absolutely hate it. If this episode does end up being a filler episode, me and Leon will do something else. We won't bug you with a recap of everything we've already talked about. So we'll come up with something for that day. If that, I'll read ahead kind of on the descriptions and see what it is. But for now, the final after party episode was yesterday on the 20th. Then on April 27th, there is another regular episode. On May 4th, there is the Decision Day Dish Special. This is what I predict to be filler. And I don't know why we need a special before Decision Day. We've all been here. Is this going to be like a special where everyone or different people come on to their little party set and talk about... What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, like past people? Yeah, probably. I don't want it. It would be awkward if it was people from this show. I'm like, well, you participated in it, so you tell us. (laughs) I just feel like it's dragging already, and so we do not need another filler. Then on May 11th, we have actual decision day. May 18th, reunion part one. May 25th, reunion part two. And then... TBD has not been released. There is the Where Are They Now special. So, man, we're in here for over a month still to go. But there's only two weeks left until Decision Day. 
No, there's like a week left. It's like seven days. I it think. says less than two weeks to decision day is how they opened the show. I feel like there's one week left and there's two real life weeks left until actual decision day. And then we have like a month and a half of just more content. They're really trying to keep the viewership going. But it's having the complete opposite effect for me. I become uninterested because even the regular shows that they are airing, every couple is having the exact same problems that they've had all season. Nothing's happening. We're not going to therapy. We're not creating solutions. I'd love to see the numbers of viewership for those recap episodes. Oh, they have to and drop. I, ho- I hope they tank. Show me initial viewer numbers with viewer numbers a half hour into the episode. Once people realize what they're getting, I'm sure they're not watching. Yeah. So getting into my initial overall thoughts on the episode. Steve looked great. He got a new haircut. He put an earring in. What do you think? <laughs> uh, one of our podcast family folks, they, they mentioned, they're like, Steve is doing something to me. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Someone posted a picture that said, like, instead of Hennessy, it was pregnancy. <laughs> Oof. I love it. I actually, I, I did enjoy this episode. I thought that it's always interesting when we get to see everyone sort of, you learn a little bit more about them, which I think is interesting. I really did like the letters to themselves. I always liked this part of every season. Yeah. I thought Steve was, he was working it. He was working it. His, <laughs> it, it was, it was funny to me that they go to a, him and Noi went to like a dance uh, date, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about how music is a big part of Noi's life. I'm like, dude, you like made a fucking mixtape. Yeah, he like, sold them. Uh, they said they were, it was bumping all over how the is, town. Music is definitely a part of your life. Yeah. I, I have never made a mixtape. He's a wedding DJ. Yeah. Also, Noi says she's like, when we first introduced her, she said something about like putting on a wig and dancing or, or going dancing. We've so, never seen any something of Something about that. Like that was a big part of her introduction, her alter ego. And we've never seen anything we, of her alter ego. What if they were like, this girl's boring. Like we need to like do something to her introduction Maybe. oh man i kind of take back my thought remember i said she was like a twitch streamer gamer i i don't see it now yeah no i i don't see that at all and yeah you're <laughs> right that's never come up no i've never even seen her pull out a wig no didn't, didn't she say she like gets into wigs and all like, the time the, yeah never seen that no and knowing what we know about steve now and his love for music they could have been dancing together this whole time oh that's deep now for an unpopular opinion I kind of let you in on this, and you also had a very disgusted reaction. This episode almost made me believe, with years of therapy, that Mark and Lindsay could potentially one day down the line be a good couple. Nope. Just like (laughs) Michael and Jasmina, I'm not fucking buying it. No happy scenes are convincing me that you have a chance. And that's what's so bad about me is... You can give me one nice scene and I'll forget everything. No, no. I've been I've been bamboozled. I've been hoodwinked way too many <laughs> times. I'm not falling for it this time. You know what's crazy? I say that, but the couple that I think should definitely not be together, you know, Isaac oh, and Katina and, yeah. might be the one that actually stays together. No, I think they will stay together at Fuck. the that, cost that of blows, her sanity. That blows my fucking mind. No. We'll definitely get into that and all the weird shit he said this episode. But let's just go in order. We'll start with Jasmina and Michael. 
We see Jasmina taking Michael to her old neighborhood and high school. She tells various stories about being embarrassed by her dad's big truck, but overall, the beautiful impact that Miss Batasky had on her life. As Jasmina was opening up and reading her letter, she spoke of how her first stepmom had no love for her and how Miss Batasky gave her all the love that she needed. School became her safe space and she ended up getting really emotional here and I think this is the first time we've seen her really open up. Even when Michael starts crying and opens himself up, she doesn't really touch him, she doesn't tear up with him, so... It was nice to see her finally let that guard down a little bit, even momentarily. Isn't that a bit interesting that they seem to have a good friendship dynamic at this point? They really care about each but other. But when he does show emotion, she doesn't like embrace him. Nothing. Like not even like an arm grab, a hug. There's just nothing. Maybe in the back of Jasmina's head, it's like, you're a stranger. I don't know you. <sighs> And I told you that's exactly how it would be if I was on this show. So yeah. can I blame her? Michael was alluding to something really interesting when he asked, do you think, uh, is it Miss Potaski? Yep. Do you think she knows how much it meant to you? And, you know, her, like, care, and then eventually you became a teacher. And she said, no. And I was like, man, you know, we, she- if you were to tell someone that, you might change, not change their life, but, wow, you might put, like, this glow around their life that they could they could be such a positive influence to you. It might be a good idea to reach out. Michael pointed out that Jasmina would maybe potentially not be a teacher if it weren't for her. She wants to create that safe space for her students now and show them so much love. And that was all influenced by that teacher. Then Michael takes Jasmina to his home. Even though a lot of trauma happened, he looks at that home with love. He has great memories with his siblings, with his mom, and you can really see that reflected in his letter as well. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he says, Life is not going to be full of laughter and smiles all the time, but it will be okay. Showing emotions do not make you less strong. Let people in. Hold your mom a little tighter. Appreciate her a little more. Spend more time with her. Continue the path that you're on. You will thrive. And then I wish Jasmina kind of reached out, held his hand, touched his arm. The Something to show I'm here. The, the letters of everyone reading to the younger selves, like, man, they kind of get to me because... They make me choke up. I, I think if we all did this exercise, our letters wouldn't be too different. No. Like, yeah. everyone would want to love your parents more, spend more time with whatever family member that might not be with us anymore. Who like, had a big impact in your life. Maybe you showed more appreciation at the time. Obviously, you're kids. So you're just like, you don't give a shit. You have friends. You, you got shit going on. Your mindset isn't really thinking about that. Also, to kind of encourage your younger self. I think when you're young and you're trying to figure out your place in the world and what it means and where you fit in can be really detrimental. Yeah. And I think saying, hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I think one example was Lindsay's letter was kind of like some folks might not get you when you're young, but you know, stick with it because mm-hmm. you're going to be good, basically. Yeah. When Dr. Pepper is visiting Jasmina and Michael, I thought it was very telling when Jasmina said, it's good to finally be around an expert. Yeah, Everyone we were, we should were, be reading into that. We were, obviously we're on the pod, but we were reading into that heavily. We've seen them how many times this whole season? Yeah. No issues ever resolved. I can't get over it. I'm going to say it every week. 
Same well, issues, no resolution. No even well, workshop to get through these issues. In the expert's defense, and Michael called out Jasmina when he did give them advice, she's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. The journaling. Yeah, but shouldn't we have followed up on that and said, hey, I heard you didn't want to do this. Why didn't you want to do this? Why do you not feel the need? Why don't you respect the process? Then she'd be like, because I ain't got no fucking connection. <laughs> <laughs> There's no feelings. During their talk with Dr. Pepper, Michael talks about unlearning. He's unlearning to shut people out and to not only take care of issues himself, to let people in. Jasmina says she's also unlearning her total independence. I have an unpopular opinion. Ooh, we love. Go ahead. I'm totally a Dr. Pepper fan. I think she's cool as a cucumber. I think her advice is fucking terrible. Her advice was pretty bad this episode. It's, it's, like, across the board, multiple couples. Yeah, I'm talking about multiple couples. Yeah. It's too, like, general. Like, I almost feel like I could have talked with them and given them very similar wording. Also, like, no one's getting called out for their crappy behavior. Just in terms of other couples. I don't know if that's the expert's job. Versus, I think accountability versus is Versus I need to help you come to a point where you can keep progressing versus going backwards. I think their main goal is to make you stay married until decision day. I want to talk about Dr. Pepper when we get to Stephen Noy, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Michael and Jasmina both echo that they want to start having children soonish. Jasmina reiterates, she wants a lot of kids. When Dr. Pepper asks how they are trying now, ah. Jasmina says that they are not physical, no kissing. No kissing. She specifically said she has no urge to run up to Michael and kiss him. This man gets a handhold while she's sleeping. He doesn't get that. He takes that. That's what I mean. <laughs> she's sleeping and he's like, oh, let me hold her hand. Boop. Yep. That's the wow. affection he gets. That is... I'm, I'm sad. It's sad. It's sad because... You can see there's a great friendship, possibly. There's not a relationship. How about this? There's not an intimate relationship. It's like a perfect storm of one person's not into it, and the other person, being Michael, he's very respectful, so he's yes. not going to push the boundaries. Exactly. Like He's not going to randomly lean in for a kiss. Mm-mm. Maybe that's just that's just not who he is. And no. he, you know, he doesn't want to push the, push the envelope and... And then I keep going back to Jasmina only having online relationships. Has she ever had to be the one that's doing, not necessarily the chasing, but being the one to make the first move, to give the kiss, to hold the hand? Or is that something that was always just received? Isaac and Katina. While their sections were not very long, they were very telling. They were. Let's start off when Katina said that she's thankful for her future baby daddy. What, what, what? I think we rewinded what? it three times. What? Wait, what? No, girl, no. She mentioned it twice. Yes, later in the episode as well. Too much. Stop. This man is doing nothing for you. It is interesting because he's so... He just dominates everything. Every conversation, every future plan, the past life. Maybe, <laughs> maybe for all we know, she's kind of into that kind of thing. Maybe. And a lot of people are like, no, that fuck that guy's he's weird. He's too too, you know, too much. Well, here's the reason I say she's probably not into it is because she never like smiles when he speaks for them. She's not agreeing with a head nod. She's There's no indication that she agrees or likes what he's saying. Sometimes, this, this is what I thought when he was speaking for them 
in their session is she's just like this guy. He just loves to talk. Let's hear his voice. I'll just let him do his thing. She's almost like playing the game of like, he just, I'll just let him do do his thing and then I'll, I'll interject later. Maybe. I mean, that's totally could be a part of it. Maybe she's very aware of how an edit could go if she was more dominant. I always kind of wonder that in the back of my head. Everyone knows there's an edit game when you go on a reality TV show. Anything you say is going to be taken out of context. Things are going to be cut up weird. And I'm wondering if people just in the back of their head just think, I'm not even going to give them anything to edit. Isaac says that he's worried about their future timeline. Are they going to be able to have kids in two years? Is he going to be able to keep traveling? And if Katina is going to be able to satisfy him? What? Why are none of his concerns for Katina? Is he going to be able to keep up with her? Is he going to be able to help her? Is he going to be able to take care of her? No. It's everything that she can do for him. You know what I also noticed? It seems like if they were to not make it, he's all, he's all, he's this super dominating personality. But if they were to not make it, he wants to put it on her to basically say no versus him saying no to letting her go. Which I thought was odd for such a, like a dominating person. I feel like he would want to make that decision or be in control. Well, he's still in control of that. Hmm. In the background. Yeah, he's playing the game. The baby talk was laid on thick again when they were visiting where Isaac grew up. During the tour of his neighborhood, he says he knows he's hard on Katina, but it's because of how he was raised. And I don't feel like you should use that as an excuse. It's not fair to her. She didn't ask for it. She had nothing to do with that. Granted, there's always trauma and always shit that we deal with as kids that we bring into an adulthood. But if he's saying that, he's aware of it. People online are saying things like, it feels like Isaac's going to give Katina shit because she grew up in the suburbs and not like That's exactly what he did. That's exactly what he did. He put her down for not growing up the way he did. He said... Oh, look at her. Her mom has a nice house. Four bedrooms, two bathrooms, all this. That's not what we had. But that was just her unique upbringing. He wants someone that is exactly like him. And it drives me crazy. Yeah, usually like if I saw someone that had it better than I did as a kid... Yeah, there might be, there's like a little jealousy there of like, oh man, they got like all the things. Certain things were easier. But I don't dislike the person because of it or like talk about them differently that's just their life they're you know they're not in my situation yeah it's not a reason for me to like put them down like why would i it was odd he almost uses it as a way of saying i don't know he compares how they are now because of how they had to grow up you, you know in their future he's going to always bring that up maybe he's oh, doing, like you don't know the struggle yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah, how or, it was yeah maybe he's doing things to whatever like household things or whatever yeah. i think he's always just gonna give her shit about it Katina took Isaac to church since it was such a big part of her upbringing and she holds many of her childhood memories around church. I do appreciate that they bonded over after church food. Mine was Kmart and specifically the Little Caesars inside of the Kmart. I think mine was, um, I think folks used to bring food. Yeah. But I was... Like the after church basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was happy for them that... They were on the same mindset of how they like to raise their kids. Like, let's take them to church and then eventually Very core they, can, things. they can sort of make the decision whether they want to, you know, to stay in something like that or not, which I do like. Versus cause, making cause them. Because I don't, 
I don't like when parents force things on their kids, especially if the kid gets to a certain point at the age where they're they can say I'm no. not I'm not really <laughs> feeling this, and the parents like you know you will go to this. I'm like that's that's weird, you know that's weird. That's gonna your kid's gonna resent you a little by little. That, that's not good. Doctor Pepper visits Isaac and Katina at their apartment and asks how it's been going. Isaac says he feels good with Katina. If they have a disagreement, they bounce back very quickly. For example, the other day they got into an argument that was so heated that he said, can you just shut up for a second? He caught himself, went to the bathroom, cooled down, and then came out and told her that he should never say that to her. This has happened so many times throughout this show of him either inappropriately speaking to her that are you really growing? Like, this is just who you are. I think it's who he is, but he's not working on it. And this is part when you mentioned that... I was so annoyed here. He, he absolutely... And honestly, I feel like Dr. Pepper, being the expert, could have turned the conversation a bit earlier. But it's almost like just Dr. Pepper and Isaac talking back and forth. Well, yeah, because Tina didn't forth, talk at all till the end. I feel like as the expert, you should have like sort of gotten everyone involved in the conversation. Katina, what happened? What? How did that make you feel? What do you wish happened instead? I don't know. I'm clearly not a therapist, but how about involve her in the conversation that 100% involves her? Now, after he explains what happened to Dr. Pepper with zero input from Katina, Dr. Pepper says, that's growth. Why, why are we patting this man on the back? Yes, it is good he realized that what he did was wrong, but why is it getting so heated anyway? Why are you? He getting, always well, talks to her really. Why are you shitty. getting to a point where you tell your wife to just shut up? Like, how about we skip that step and you just go in the bathroom and cool down? I think it's really easy for us to say, "Well, why didn't you just do this and why didn't you just do that?" But man, at some point, these people do have to break those habits. No, no, we're giving him shit because he keeps talking in manners of. You know, she needs to get to my level. You know, she okay, needs to satisfy it. me. Exactly. Like, you can't demand all these things, but then be be an asshole. Like, it don't work that way. Later in the conversation, Dr. Pepper asks both of them if the timeline was correct. Two years to have children. Katina did not respond and she did not nod her head yes. Only Isaac said, yes, we agree. Why are we not involving Katina in this conversation? It very much so involves her. Isaac brings up the timeline again and how he went to college right after high school and how Katina is still in school now. He asks, can Katina finish her bachelor's and finish nursing school while still being married and having a kid? My answer to that is yes, but does she even want that? It seems like going to school, finishing her bachelor's, and I guess she's going to go to a nursing program is kind of the goal. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's different, but Isaac's like, well... Um, you know, having that kid's really important to me and it's a little bit more important than your kind of career decision. Like we need to get going pretty quickly. But then if the career is truly more important to Katina at this point, then she should not give that up to give this man a kid. Right. And also, I don't understand why the kid is kind of the end all be all for this relationship. Can they not wait three years instead of two? Time absolutely flies. Don't want to say Katina's actual age because I don't actually know, but is she on the lowest end of 30s or is she even 30? I don't even know if she's 30. Even if she was on the low end of 30, she has time. She can wait three years. I don't see how this magical two-year thing is like, I got to have kids within two years or like it's, it's over. No, you do have time. 
And I would imagine having a good career as as far as nursing is probably going to be really beneficial for your family. In an interview, through tears, Isaac says, I know Katina cares a lot about school. I'm just being truthful. If I was her, I would lock in and dedicate my life to myself because I know how I do. I can bang this out in two years and be ready for you. He follows that up with, I'm not telling her that. (laughs) I don't want her to do that. That was a good impression. (laughs) Do that again. (laughs) He then reveals that he thinks Katina should say no on decision day to better herself. He says if you love (laughs) He says if you love somebody, you should always look out for what's best for them. Which I agree with, so why are you putting all of this pressure on her? Why can't you just be a caring, supportive husband and help her through this stage in her life? Why are you adding pressure and adding all of this onto her plate when she could probably use someone that will help her cook, help her clean? But no, because of the roles, his wife has to have a career. His wife has to cook every day. His wife has to clean. He is the one shutting Katina down and pushing her away. Anything else on them? I find them to be one of the more interesting now because everyone else I just don't believe in, right? Or for the majority, <laughs> yeah. for the majority I don't believe in. But I don't believe in them, but I think they actually are going to make it. They're going to make it. I Yeah, that's the one that I feel confident about. I wish it was a healthier relationship, but they're definitely going to say yes on decision day. I mean, that gets you more excited for the where are they now? I mean, uh, did y'all stay together? Like, oh my God, is she pregnant? I need to know. Yeah, there's... Like, there's so much, so many questions. Like, how's school going? Like, it's a lot. Yeah, I think this is the only couple where I would really care about where are they now. Steve? Yeah, I care about where Steve is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh. Lindsay and Mark. We start off with their scene with Lindsay complaining that Mark says she is too much. She says it makes her realize that he should find a lesser woman. I don't think a woman is lesser because they listen to their partner. Oh, yeah. I got, I got hot during this moment. I don't know. To, to put down women like that, that was really annoying. Yeah. Don't do that. He used to go find a lesser woman. I'm like, bitch, there's Because you're the top of the top. Like, what is this scale? Like, Can there's you other give fucking me... women out there. Calm the Who's fuck down. Who's at the bottom of the scale to you? And are you at the top or are you like a middle? Where do you fall? Uh, that statement was just gross. It's yeah. like as a woman, you're like, oh, you'll find someone like bringing, way less than me. Yeah, it's like bringing other women down. I, I don't know. I just, I just really dislike that. I say that as I'm talking shit about Isaac. <laughs> Doctor Pepper is visiting their apartment, and Mark says he struggles in the marriage. They have really good times and very frustrating times. It's hard for him to be affectionate when he is drained, and I think that's completely reasonable. For someone that's just yelling and so volatile and so intense, I wouldn't want to reach out to them and be physical or affectionate at all. Yeah, the issue is they just they just have too many negative moments versus positive. Yeah. Your the, positive is not going to make up for the negative. No, no. No way. Not at all. We get a flashback to the hyper incident during the couple's retreat. Dr. Pepper says to Mark, hyper isn't a compliment. Why don't we care about anything that Lindsay has said up to this point? Why are we focusing on hyper? I would love for them to play the bowling scene. Why don't to we have flashback of that? And be like, what do you think about this expert? Why did you never hold her accountable or even ask about it? Why, why didn't you check on Mark? No. 
nothing but hyper is what we're going to specifically bring up in this session. So, so she made fun of who he was as a person, his income, his, his mom, his income, where he lives. Yeah, where he lives, his living yep. situation. Mm-hmm. But he calls her hyper, and that's what we're focusing yep, on. Yep, and that's what we're going to call him out on. Completely unfair. Another example where we could have really dug deep. Mark says that Lindsay does not stop when he asks her to stop. For example, the arm grabbing, the touching, the poking, the pinching, all of that. I I don't think Lindsay gets the hint of he's like jokingly saying stop because he doesn't want to come off as an asshole and say, stop fucking touching me. Well, that's exactly what she said. She said, well, he didn't say it seriously enough. That, um... That's... Remember, red flag, red remember, flag. Remember the role reversals? Like, if, yeah, if a dude was yep. doing something to a lady. And a woman said, stop. Oh, you didn't say it seriously. Disgusting. See? Yeah. Come, come with that same energy. Always. And why are we not discussing that? We just let that fly by. Dr. Pepper didn't, didn't say anything. Lindsay then goes on a rant about Mark. And she says she wants someone who will try the food. Stop making this man try food he doesn't want to try. I agree, maybe like, I agree with what he said. Maybe like once a week, let's try something new. Or at certain times. But if every single meal this man can't eat what he wants, and he has to eat what you want and what you find good, that's so smothering. I did find it a little bit funny when the show then does a highlight of every time Mark actually did try (laughs) some weird shit. Yeah, because she said that he like never tries it. We took a nephew out for sushi a couple weeks ago. He was over the top, though. We were already on sushi. We took him to sushi. We had a great time. He only liked California rolls. I had a plain veggie roll. It had veggies in it that he likes. And I said, please just try this. Like, it took forever. I was like, I'll buy you boba next door. It's not like we're going (laughs) from Mark's chicken tenders and fries and, like, Lindsay's vegan meal. Like, that's a big difference. We're, like, already at the sushi spot. Just need you to try a roll. Small jump. Small jump. Took a bite. He said he's going to throw up. He took it out of his mouth. (laughs) Oh, my God. We have to break him before he ends up like this. Yeah. Then we see a heartbreaking scene with JC, who is 14 years old. This is the first cat that Mark got. I felt so bad and I was more emotionally connected to this cat that I've seen for approximately 30 seconds than I am any of these couples. I said the cat knew. I never had my (laughs) own cat, but like, I think cats are really cool. But to see a little animal like so sad. He was so sad. There was one scene where JC's looking at Mark. And he put his paw on his leg. and, And it was almost like, we had a good ride, buddy. Or he's like, hey, man. Thank you for taking care of me. You know, I was like... <laughs> You're going to make like, me tear up like, again. I was like, I'm going to fucking cry right now. Oh, my God. His, he, uh, it was like... Yeah, he can't talk, but you felt what JC like, said. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Have my back. You know, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, so sad. We see Lindsay kind of... I almost feel like she thrives in these situations. Like, she does good in chaos. She really almost likes to be able to take charge and take care if you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know I if it was that. good, though. I think Mark kind of wanted to do his own thing with JC in that moment. And she's, like, wrapping him in a blanket and then putting him like a baby on his back. And then when JC started trying to, like, struggle a little bit, she, like, quickly flipped him over and still put him in the blanket. And I was thinking, like, maybe you should just, like, hold Mark's hand or rub his back and let him do what he wants with JC in this moment. There was a scene in the car when Lindsay was hugging Mark. And Mark is showing 
no affection. No. Like he's just He is being hugged faced. and he is staring ahead. Not not holding her arm, not touching her thigh, nothing. He wanted that to end. It's almost like maybe he just wants space or like I don't even know if he wants to be touched in that moment. Maybe he just wants a little bit of space just to like cool off or think about things. Lindsay says, poor guy, speaking of Mark, had to go through hurdle to hurdle to hurdle. But fortunate for him, I'm used to that. So, someone, and I was like, why do you need to be the savior I, at I, all I, times? I don't know. Someone on social media was like, Mark, this is the absolute worst time for him to be on the show. Yes, everything is going wrong. And Lindsay is using this all as ammo when he really just needs a buddy and support. She takes it as, you're such a fuck up. Yeah, because he's and he's life had, happens. He's had like you know the bed bugs at the apartment. He had a career switch. He had the landlord incident. Yeah, the landlord incident. I mean, now his cat. Like, there's yeah. just a lot of little things in this two month window. And he couldn't. God, all of that happening. Yeah, in such a condensed time. I mean, could you even focus on a relationship when your life's kind of just shit? Including your relationship, everything's just hitting yeah, the fan. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay talks about her mom's resentfulness and how she became the burden to her mother. Paraphrasing Lindsay's letter, she says, Growing up is hard. Most of your young life, you will stand out. Things keep happening in life that make you feel like you don't belong. People will tell you that you are too much and you will feel out of place. You will learn how to pick yourself up and your wildest dreams will come true. I thought they had a good conversation after and this is where I said... I could kind of see it. If they worked on their individual selves and especially her, I could see it. When she said that people are going to say you're too much, I was really <gasps> curious if that, that was, was intentional. If that was intentional to Mark or if that was something she's had since childhood. I think both. That was totally intentional to Mark in that moment, but I do think that people throughout her life have said that. But it was intentional in that moment because we saw just prior... Mark is always telling me I'm too much. So that was a jab to him. Be like, look at you. This is a trigger for me. Lindsay always has some shit around the corner that she's trying to get to. Mm -hmm. Then we go to Mark's childhood home. And he absolutely loves this house. It felt very somber. He talks about how he grew up and how he had the greatest Christmases. And it almost is like he's really longing for that. In his letter, he says, this house is going to shape you in many ways. If I could give you advice, love your parents more than you do now and spend as much time with them as you can. Take pictures and video. You will appreciate them when you get older. You can tell so much of his life revolved around the house, his parents, his life. And now that he doesn't really have any of those things, I think he's a little lost. And then add all this shit happening in a two month period. It's a lot. Out of everyone, I think he... He started getting really emotional. Like, I think he had to sort of reel it, reel it back a little bit. Yeah. Because he can kind of... I didn't think he wanted to, yeah, like, he... open up that much about it. Sorry, I cut you off there. Well, then he was... It was almost like he was bummed when he was mentioning all the things that were different mm-hmm. in the house. Yeah, so, he didn't... Know, like, like, oh, oh the like, pavement. Oh, that, that door used to... You know, that door was different. Like, yeah. he was just, But he seemed sad when he was saying yeah. it. Now, you, you, you were all jazzed about living in your childhood home. <laughs> So I also love my childhood home. So many good memories. My parents still live there. Because we have that difference about our upbringing. Yeah. Of, I'm very attached to that because that's all I ever knew. I think I lived in like five or six places. Yeah, maybe that makes you like not connect to a place too long. Maybe. 
But you had a similar reaction to Lindsay when I said I would. I was that'd like, be cool. hell no. <laughs> hell no. I don't blame you. I would just like to keep it in the family, I said. What did I tell you? It has good bones. And you said, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably good for your stability, though, as a child. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the moving experience as a kid is not fun. No, especially like, like you had to move schools and stuff. That's yeah, hard. N- new friends. Oh, we have to do that multiple times. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that gets to people. I really think it does. But you know what's unique about you? You still have friends today that you had as a kid, even though you moved away. Oh, yeah. But I think that only happened because where I moved, you know, it was only like 30 minutes away mm-hmm. when I was older. Yeah. What I mean is, though, when when I moved away from that, that's not like a crazy reach as in like I moved oh, to another yeah. state. That's and, like, true. That's true. You know, I moved to another state. Those friends are gone. Yeah. Like I'm not talking to those friends on the regular. Maybe nowadays it's different with like social media and how easy it is to connect with people. Now I'm jazzed for this one. Noi and Steve. Steve is taking Noi to his childhood home where his parents still live. They talk about the epic parties in the basement how there were three brothers to a room and Steve still had his stuffed animal from when he was a kid. Noi did not really enjoy that. I'm super sentimental. So I'd be like, we're keeping it forever. (laughs) Our children will have this bear. (laughs) Steve has a hit single. It's called Get Down. Oh my God. His mom (laughs) was so proud. I love her. She knew the lyrics. Yeah. She listened to that so many times. She probably heard it getting made. Then, since we can't visit Noy's kind of childhood home since it's in a different state, they went to a dance studio. Steve is a natural. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's got it. He had the power moves. He had the faces. Oh, yeah. Solid. Did you just hit me with a ooh? Ooh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll reel that in. <laughs> oh, that earring. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Who are you? <laughs> but back to this. Did you notice Noi had to bring up how, yeah, Steve's a better dancer, but I'm having more fun. Just just let, let it be. Weird. We don't got to talk weird. about that at all. <laughs> we find out that Noi was never encouraged to express herself as a child. And she explains that music was so important to her because that's how she feels she could express herself or at least in some way feel connected to those emotions. Honestly, I kind of I vibe with this, what she was saying. Yeah. Because I feel like... When I was growing up, I was sort of growing up in a certain path. Like, let's say, like, you know, nowadays, if you, if you see our, our image on our Twitter, like, I have, like, big hair. It's, like, super curly and puffy. But when I was a kid, like, I wasn't allowed to grow my hair out. I probably could not dress, you know, free spirit, whatever I wanted. to. It was how you and presented honestly, it. I, yeah, so. at, at the time, like, I just felt like it was a certain path to, yeah. like, what was right as far as, like, freedom of expression. But in my case, I did have an outlet of sports, though. Like, I don't know if she had that. I don't think she had that. No, I don't think like, so some either. Kind of outlet. At least I haven't I mean, heard like, her mention it. Like, let's say you're playing soccer. I mean, like, that's the outlet. Like, you're not going to stop me from wearing soccer gear. Like, yeah. I need to wear this. I can kind of see where she was coming from. I, yeah, I did, just I did, having I did, to hold it in I and did, everything. I did get that. Noy's letter to herself was based around how hard it was for her to watch her parents work so hard and the guilt she felt from that, feeling as if she was a burden to her family. She says, the love that you are seeking is inside of you. I feel like this is a very similar story to a lot of children of immigrants. You watch your parents work so hard for such little money and to do what they can to make you happy. 
I remember my dad he used to work night shifts. A little side story, like I remember being late to school and like I felt so bad having to walk in and having to wake my dad up. Like, can I, you know, can I get it right? Like, because I know he got off at a couple hours like, ago. Like a couple hours ago, yeah. I'm like, fuck, you know. Like, and I remember him waking up and he had like bloodshot eyes and he was like, what? He's like, okay, and he just got up and like gave me right. I'm like, damn. Something I do find incredible. I can't remember how old your mom was when she immigrated. My my parents were like 19. I cannot believe they went to another country at fucking Started 19. all over. No money. No nothing. I was like, what the fuck? And they worked their asses off for us. I feel so spoiled compared to my parents. My parents worked their ass off to give me a better life. Oh, for sure. For sure. My parents, and now I'm like, my I can't parents, go camping. It's yeah, too my parents hard. There. <laughs> it's funny. My parents, you could see like a clear change in their life as far as like living in like shitty ass apartments, you know, renting a room from a relative mm-hmm. for like a couple months renting a house yeah and then down the road eventually like buying a house i think it's so fortunate within our lifetime getting to see our parents like kind of grow themselves Mm -hmm. like seeing them young and you know they're struggling to get by and they have kids and where they're at now like all their kids are doing well they they accomplish their goals and giving their kids a better life all of our parents have further their careers it's cool okay enough about us that was a huge side rant long story short we definitely get what noise saying yeah, definitely. Then we get to the meeting with Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper asks, do you think you've made progress in opening up to Steve? Noi says yes, but it's a matter of growing up, not expressing herself. It bothers me that she's using this so much when she has no problem expressing this to thousands of people online. I think she's kind of insinuating that you can't take this away from me because I did not have it before. But she's just doing it in such an unhealthy way. If you want to express yourself and you feel like you haven't been able to do that before, you should express yourself to the person you're having an issue with. Steve mentions how he was expecting to move in together after decision day, so that when she mentioned not moving in together, it caught him off guard. He wants to honor her feelings and appreciate her accomplishments while also taking into consideration how he feels. And this is another point I do not agree with Dr. Pepper. She should not have given fuel to Noi to say a successful marriage is one where you do not live together. I think it's extremely unique and comes with its own hurdles. And I don't think as far as Noi's goals in life, that it would be smart to do this living separately. If you You have the choice to live together. So we don't, obviously we live together, but I would imagine... Again, I mean, come on, if you're the expert, I feel like you should give them, like, good advice because if you are in a marriage and you don't live together, that probably takes specific kinds of personalities, folks that don't need to be super, like, lovey-dovey on each other all the time, financially responsible to have two homes. Folks just getting married might not be in that situation. I feel like it's very unique to be in something like this. And also, that was kind of a shock. Like, what? Dr. Pepper, the relationship expert, doesn't live with her partner? And on Reddit, I saw that she only lives 40 minutes away from her husband. It's not as if she is taking a big job somewhere. It's just 40 minutes away. I'm very fascinated of why. Agreed. Like, why don't you just have a big property and live on another end then at that point? Yeah, like, why would you not live in separate houses on the same property or have a nice big house and have your own areas? Or, I mean, even a, I've an heard... An apartment on a different floor? I've also heard of just people having separate bedrooms, which seems 
nicer. Like, for example, you have your own space, but you are married and you are raising kids and you are doing everything else together. That, that honestly really fascinates me. Like, I need to read into this shit. I think we're so what attached. Would you, what would you think? <laughs> no, no, no. Not as like a personal thing. Just as like how that works, the why, that kind yeah. of thing. How would you respond if someone said like, oh, I really want to be married to you, but I don't want to live together. I would take it as rejection. You might as well say you want a divorce then. That's probably what Steve is taking it as as well. Yeah. I just I, don't see a reason. Why did you get on this show then? Okay. I don't buy her story because she is the one adamant about having kids. Three kids at that. How do you expect <laughs> this to work if we don't live together? Are 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 you just going to have the kids at your house and like I come over? And- Parenting plan, apparently. I, Steve said that he's all for unconventional ways of living. And of course, housing and marriage is fine. But... He just doesn't see how it's going to work in parenting. And I think that's the big part. She has a date for these kids and to have three of them and all of this stuff. But she's if a- she can't handle sushi, I just don't see how she's going to handle it all with Steve living in a different apartment. Oh, you were, you were trolling of like, who's going to take care of sushi? Yeah. <laughs> oh, if I was Steve, I'd troll back. I'd be like, well, guess sushi's going to be at your spot. Yeah, it's not going to be at mine. It's not going to be in my bed. She wants so much independence now that she can... You know, now that she has her own life and her own journey, but you sign up for this show to get married and it just seems very odd that, you know, you don't want to like commit to that process. Yes. And I understand what she says as far as she loves her accomplishment of being able to have her own space, but you moved to Boston for a dude who you were probably living with. And so I don't feel like you can say that now. I'm sorry. (laughs) It just, it kind of... It doesn't make any of this make sense. And then add in, you're joining a show called Married at First Sight. You never during the entire process mentioned, I want an unconventional marriage. I want an unconventional living situation. Steve didn't sign up for that. I bet you Steve wrote down that he was down for shit like that. Uh, You're probably right. Because he he did live unconventionally. But do you think she wrote on her forums like, I don't want to live with my husband? Fuck no. No. It feels real Zach to me. We're going to get divorced, but we're going to, we're going to date again. Not, not doing that either. On the next time on, we see the couples play flag football. Everyone talks with their family and friends about how their relationships are going. Steve is wanting to upgrade noise ring to send her a message about how he feels. And in my head about how much money he makes. Jasmina tells her friend she feels more connected to Michael, but that feelings still have not come. They probably will not. I mean, people, we're, we're days from decision day. <laughs> it's going to be a no. Oh, God. He's going to be so heartbroken. It's going to crush me. Uh, I don't think so, because it's not like she's been lying about the fact that I don't feel a connection. She's no, been pretty honest. No, but when it comes down to it, He'll love s- at first sight. He'll say yes, and she'll, she'll say, say no. no. And I'll oh be my God, so I can, sad. I cannot wait for a prediction of Girls, get in those DMs. Girls, get into those DMs. I can't wait to call out our predictions. They're going to be trash. <laughs> we need to not do predictions next time until after all the weddings are done. Okay. Because we have, like, nothing to go off of. Right. First right. looks. Lindsay and Mark both tell their friends about the ups and downs in their relationship. Isaac tells his ex-coach that he doesn't see how Katina could be a wife, get a bachelor's degree, and then go to nursing school. He says he just went through this with an ex and it didn't work. 
And here we go, the comparison. Just because you didn't work with another woman that had a similar life situation does not mean that Katina is exactly the same. Let's be honest, it didn't work because you had another girlfriend. Let's be honest, he is doing the exact same thing that he's doing now. It's all about him, it's all about his needs, and she was over it. If he's so serious about this, he should seriously just find someone that's already set in their career, ready to have kids, but that's apparently weird. in line with his view. But that makes no sense because all he wanted to do was be a fuckboy before. So why did you make this huge gap of I'm just going to fuck around to I need this wife that has all of her shit together and pretending like he wasn't just hoeing around? Stop it. Your life is not someone else's life. Completely different paths, completely different upbringings. Stop putting your standards and your expectations for life, even prior to meeting this person, on someone else. Noi tells Steve she doesn't know the Steve that has a job, but she said it in her really monotone under her voice thing that I hate. If you're going to post on social media, you say that shit with your whole chest. Steve better tuck that ring back away into his pocket. Oh, God. Do not give it to her. No. Then we see, sadly, Isaac talking at Katina again, and she begins to cry in her interview. I just get mad every time she cries. He says something completely unnecessary. I am really excited, honestly, for their decision day. You know how they always say some words before they make their All those horrible cuts where you never see two people in a scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I am excited to hear what they say to get a yes out of them. Or who will say no? Oh, everyone's saying no. All right. Thank you all for listening. I hope you have a good weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Do something nice for yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.